One of the most beloved traditions of Christmas time is going to see a light show where there's lots of beautiful Christmas lights. You can do this at the Botanic Gardens in Memphis. You can do this at the Olive Branch City Park. You can do this at the zoo or any other number of places. It's something that my family and I, we love to find a time to do every year. And that's because light is special. I'm sure that you've all had the experience of maybe going into somewhere dark, maybe the power has gone out, and you finally find the flashlight, the powerful one that the batteries haven't run out on over the time, and you light it up and the whole room seems different. You can actually see what you're doing instead of fumbling around. Or if you go into a shed at night when you need to get something out for some reason and you bring that flashlight with you and you light it up in there and the mice scurry away, it is quite something, really, when you think about it. The difference there is between darkness and light. It seems so simple on the one hand, but it is really one of the biggest contrasts that you can think of in all of life. There is darkness and there is light. That is what the Bible says happens on Christmas Eve. We go from darkness to light. But not just shining it under a bed to find the piece of food that the child had hidden under there and was attracting ants. Not just to find something in the shed in the middle of the night, but on a cosmic scale. On a whole worldwide scale, darkness to light. Isaiah 9 verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. God is not a stranger to cosmically lighting up the world. If you go back to Genesis 1, one of the first few verses in the Bible is this, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And note there, this isn't going to be a sermon on Genesis 1, but do note there that the sun had not been made yet, nor had the moon. God himself was the source of the light. The light proceeded from the very holy trinity. And he lit up the world. And then he put that light into the sun and the moon on day four. And since then, they have lit up the world. But only a few chapters later in Genesis, as you may well know, Adam and Eve's sin brought a certain darkness over the earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, God, who was the source of light, separated Adam and Eve from himself. He sent them out of the garden. And that separation of God and man, it was, as Isaiah says, a shadow of death. For in the eating of the forbidden fruit, death came. 
And since then, no man, no son of Adam and Eve, no daughter of Adam and Eve has ever escaped death. It will come for you all. It will come for me too. No son or daughter of Adam and Eve since then has lived up to the glory of God. God wanted Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, and to have dominion over it. But the darkness meant, the shadow of sin meant, that instead of that happening in goodness and truth and beauty, and the Garden of Eden expanding over the whole world, that instead there would be battles. Wicked men would battle for dominion over different places. The devil would battle for dominion over the whole earth. And life would be a seemingly endless battle between the dominion of the Lord and the dominion of evil. Sin, death, and the devil. But the good news is, the good news tonight is this. God wanted to light up the world with his presence once more. The Lord had a plan as he promised to Eve that her seed would crush the head of the serpent. He had a plan to take dominion over once again. He promised to send the seed, the Messiah the one who is called Christ, that is, the anointed one, the Lord himself. And Isaiah tells us this, that Messiah, that anointed one, that Christ, that Jesus, would be born a child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And he was born. 2,025 years ago, this night. And I do believe, by the way, contrary to what you'll hear on the internet, that Jesus was born on the evening of December 24th in 2 BC. If you want to know more about that, you can ask me after the service. But he was, in time, in history, born. Christ the Lord. And that Luke 2 story, which we heard, read, it is so beautiful in so many ways. I think, to me at least, namely the humility with which the king is born in a feeding trough for animals. I have a barn, and I have hay in that barn, and I can tell you that the feeding troughs are not that lovely of places. A while ago, this is maybe not the most appropriate story, a while ago, just came to my mind, there was a mouse, speaking of mice running away in barns, that decided to try and go for a swim in the sheep's water trough. That didn't go very well for that mice, for that mouse, that is. Those feeding troughs are not pleasant places. And that's the kind of place, a place where dead mice are laying around and Animals are scurrying, and there's, to be honest, animal things all over the place. That's the kind of place that Jesus was born. Born a king. 
So the humility with which he was born. And you also know that Jesus, the promised Messiah, you hear those announcements from the angels in Luke 2 by the angel to Mary and Joseph and the city of David, all of it. So wonderful in so many ways. But I think maybe one of the most wonderful ways in which Luke 2 is so beautiful tonight, and the thing that I want to point out to you from there, is what happened to the shepherds. The shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night, when it was dark. And they didn't have bright flashlights back then. And we hear this, that when the angels were keeping watch, or when the shepherds were keeping watch, an angel came and the glory of the Lord shone. It lightened up the world. Imagine going from the darkness of night in the fields of Bethlehem to the light of God. The glory of the Lord shining, lighting up all the fields round about them. Maybe the Olive Branch City Park is pretty nice this time of year. Or the Botanical Gardens or wherever you want to go. But I bet nothing beat that night in those fields. Had to be the best light show ever. And it was as if Genesis 1 was happening all over again. God said, let there be light. And from his own presence, the glory of the Lord. And from that baby in the manger... The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And since the shadow of sin had cast darkness over the earth, God said, it was as if he said that night, let my son be born and let his presence light up the world again. That's what we heard in that collect from earlier. Oh God, you make this most holy night to shine with the brightness of your true light. That's what God does on Christmas Eve. He lights up the world. And grant that we who have known the mysteries of that light on earth may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. That's our prayer tonight. But how does God light up the world? It sounds wonderful and mysterious, but maybe let's get into the brass tacks just a little bit. And I think Isaiah 9 gives you this information. How is it that this baby Jesus, how is it that this promised Messiah, how is it that he lights up the world? What does he do that changes fundamentally the shadow of sin that is cast over us? Well, his name will be called. Isaiah tells you all about who Jesus is, and he goes through this litany of characteristics, let's say, of Jesus. And first is this, that the government will be upon his shoulder, and of the increase of his government there will be no end, and his kingdom will be judgment and justice on earth from this time and forevermore. Now another word for government there is dominion. The task that was first given to Adam and to Eve to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over it, Adam failed. 
miserably. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, he has come. And he has inaugurated his kingdom. A kingdom that doesn't operate by the sword, but a kingdom that operates by the authority of his word. He has inaugurated his kingdom in his church on earth. And that kingdom grows. And we await the final coming of that kingdom when Jesus comes again in glory and he will take the throne. And as we read about in Psalm 2, in the intro it today, when Jesus takes his throne, all the kings of the earth, the ones who plotted themselves against the Lord, they will bow before him. And the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of perfect justice, the kingdom where there is no injustice done ever, the kingdom where all obey their perfect king who loves them and gives them everything they need, Jesus Christ, that kingdom will last from this time and forevermore. And he is wonderful, literally full of wonder. The things in this life and in your life and in all the world and in all the universe that you don't understand, he does. Nothing on earth was made that was not made through him. He is full of wonder and he understands all wonders and he brings wonderful things into your life. And he is your counselor, the one who guides you. The one who advises you in all things. If you've been here on Wednesday nights and we've been going through the book of Habakkuk and talking about all these ways in which we don't understand why God allows things to happen when he does. Why he allows evil things to happen to righteous people. But he's the counselor. He knows best. And he will lead us and he will guide us into all his wonderful ways. And he is mighty God. He is God himself. He is sovereign. His power is absolute. He is supreme. All must bow before him. But that is good news because he is good. And as supreme ruler, as the absolute authority over heaven and earth, He has all things in his hands. And he is everlasting father. That one's a little odd to me always because we normally think of Jesus as the son. But Isaiah gives this description for a reason. Because one, if we know him, we know the father. Those are Jesus' own words. And Jesus also tells the disciples that he does not want to leave us like orphans but that he will, as a gracious father would, send us his spirit. And he counsels us just like a good father would. So yes, in a sense, even Jesus is our father. And finally, Prince of Peace. Because in the chaos of the shadow of sin over this world, in the chaos when that sin bothers your conscience, In the chaos when the devil is tempting you, in the chaos when the world is trying to lure you in, in the chaos of death, when your life is demanded from you, 
Jesus comes and he is prince. He is Lord. He is master over all of that chaos. And he brings his peace. He brings his good order. And he brings everlasting peace. And these characteristics, the list could go on. Isaiah only gives you a few. But these characteristics of Christ, they are light in your dark world. Christ was born for you 2,025 years ago to bring you peace, to bring you light. From the manger, newborn light shines in glory through the night. Darkness there no more resides, and in this light, faith now abides. And that light coming from that manger 2,025 years ago, it certainly beats, it must beat any light show that you could drive through. And yes, it is even better than when we turn out the lights tonight and we sing Silent Night by Candlelight. But may those candlelights tonight remind us of the greater light, the light which has no end in your life, Jesus Christ, your Lord. To him be all the honor and glory now and forever. Amen. We stand for the offertory.